Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Chelsea Greenbaum, laughter, wellness, coach. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. How is your day going? Oh, it's going okay. It's a day. Yeah, it is a day. <laughs> yeah. I, the, I, we were t- whoever we were talking to yesterday, I was like, yeah, what a great day. And I had a great day yesterday. But today has just been, I don't know what like is up with this day, but... It's just like it's a weird one. Just, yeah, and I, I, I'm not. I don't know what what point I got very like. I just feel like I can tell that everybody else is having a weird day, like I am. But I've gotten to that point now. We're just like maybe it's just because like social media has gotten to the point where it is. We're just like everybody I know is like complaining about a thing at the same time. Not that like I love <laughs> reading people's complaints weirdly. Not love, but. I don't know what I'm saying. I you commiserate together. It yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just feel like of of this, I don't know, it's just a weird weird day, weird week, weird month, weird year. Basically. Right. Yeah. You know, I work a day job, and so we've just gotten to the point where we share when we're having a weird day. Somebody will just walk in and be like, this is a day. Right. So it's actually very easy to tell when other people are on the same night, well, and <laughs> which I, is often. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you really have to. Like, something that I've been thinking about a lot more lately is this idea that, you know, one of the things we do at the end of every podcast is ask about plugs for stuff coming. We also ask about, like, self-care things. Mm-hmm. And I... I have always kind of felt self-conscious because something that I've always known about self-care is like the nuance of like it's not always just reading books like sometimes it's literally like making sure you shower and like making sure you do your laundry and stuff like that like like it's anyway um sorry or or laughing yeah (laughs) what a segue I know I felt like uh this is weirdly deeply related to what you're talking about no it is it's all related yeah I felt very good about going deep into that tangent yeah um but so yeah so you work in laughter yoga um which we're very excited to learn more about uh would you mind kind of introducing our audience to your work yeah sure so um laughter yoga laughter wellness it's you know it has various names (laughs) um but it is the idea it's based on the idea that if you you get a lot of physical and emotional benefits from the act of laughter, but uh, you actually don't recognize a lot of those benefits unless you do it for a sustained period of time. Mm. Um, the general consensus is around 15 to 20 minutes a day. Um, but that's not really practical. Like a lot of us don't do that in our normal lives. You know, we laugh sporadically or it's not real laughing, right? Yeah. It's kind of like half laughing or, you know, reactionary laughing. Uh, and so this technique was developed, and not by me, this was developed like in the mid-90s, um, where you actually come together, you do an hour or so uh, of what's called laughter yoga, uh, which is about 20, 25 minutes of intentional laughter exercises, um, and then uh, a little bit of meditation, deep breathing, uh, and so that's where the yoga part actually comes in. It's it's the breathing part and the meditation. You're not actually like posing while you do your laughter um but yeah oh no yeah yeah. (laughs) well I I think that is super interesting that's something that I you know I at one point in my life had a really solid like yoga practice going where I went to a place pretty regularly I've since lost it and want to reintroduce it back into my life but what that was something that 
I kind of gleaned and, and better understood as I did it is that it's not just about poses. It's mm-hmm. it's this idea of intention. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful. And I also think that's really powerful, like when we're kind of delving into this idea of talking about emotion, like very much yeah. related to the the conversation at the top of the episode, where like this idea of, of you know, like the cliche of, of how important laughter is in the daily life, but also like intentional happiness is super interesting to me um what uh, how what kind of introduced you to this work and what kind of introduced you to like intentional work and then what kind of led you to the laughter space yeah um so it started very similarly actually to how we were talking um six-ish years ago i was living in st louis i was working at an internship uh, that I hated. I hated it. Uh, it was boring. It was mind-numbing. <laughs> I was unhappy most days. Um, and they, quite honestly, had really severe internet filters. Uh, mm. So all I could access was like certain Google links and LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn profile got really good that summer. But um, <laughs> I actually I also delved pretty deeply into the depths of Google and specifically what to do in St. Louis today. Uh, and came across randomly, like after a lot of digging, uh, this woman that was doing a laughter yoga club, um, not too far from where I work. So I was like, that sounds weird and interesting. I'll check it out. Um, and it was weird. It's really weird the first time you do it. It's it's a very odd thing. Anyway, we can get back into that. But basically, you know, I started doing it through her, really enjoyed it, um, moved away from St. Louis, lived in Boston for a while, couldn't find anywhere to do it there, moved back to Chicago, joined a group for a while uh, that wasn't quite the right fit, but I still wanted it as part of my life and and got a lot of benefit out of it. You know, I left feeling better the rest of the day and like I'd, you know, done something um, to improve my day. Um, And so about a year ago, I started toying around with the idea of starting my own group um, purely because A, I wanted an outlet to do it that I, you know, kind of related to and and B, because I thought a lot of other people could benefit from it, but because of the way that it's been talked about in the States and because of some of the people that choose to do it and where they choose to do it, there's a lot of things come together that I think makes it not accessible to different types of people that kind of see it and go, well, that's weird. Um, so, you know, and, and personally, I'm always looking for ways to kind of find happiness. I mean, I'm not, you know, I have a good life, but, you know, I think a lot, especially lately, it's hard to find times to be really truly happy and and to laugh um and so the timing was kind of right and i I wanted to share it so um so yeah so i got certified a few months ago it's a very weird weekend of training um Mm. (laughs) and then uh you know uh decided to kind of get it up off the ground and part of that was also finding spaces to partner with to host it that kind of shared the same mission um you know i think one of the challenges is finding free or cheap spaces to do it that aren't hospitals or libraries or, you know, the churches, you know, the types of places that sometimes deter people, I think, just by the nature of having to go to a church or to go to a hospital. It's kind of a weird thing to have to do. So mm. um, so that was part of the what I wanted to try and bring to it, too, in, in terms of accessibility was to actually, you know, find spaces like yoga studios or, you know, things like that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, you know, people actually want to go to um and and kind of feel inviting and things like that so well i i think that's super interesting because you know a lot of my 
experience and understanding of of people that go to yoga a lot is that it is ex- like expanding into this idea of community and of like building daily practices that are that are meaningful and you know like not to immediately jump into this other tangent but something that we've been talking about a lot and I think we'll be talking about in the next few episodes is um is this idea of like you know you mentioned the way that um that yoga has been perceived and and uh uh established I guess you could say in American culture and and so much of it really ties into this idea of how Americans treat fitness mm-hmm. I mean you know I um, just recently we've talked about this on the podcast that like a f- couple months ago we were like going to a gym well, not a couple months I don't remember when that was I think it was like April yeah something like that anyway um and that was a it was a good experience at first but then it was a terrible experience <laughs> and i've actually started running some but like you know as people that like you know we don't get caught up in like diet culture or like weight loss culture or these things that are like you know it's 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 really refreshing and interesting to hear about because I think that when we instill routines in our days and, and instill routines that, that might be like classes or, or, you know, things that are fitness culture adjacent, it's really easy for them to enter this like weird space. So it's really like interesting to me to hear about how intentional your work has been in being a space that is not that. And I'm wondering... Sorry, I'm wondering if that the um, in, I'm wondering in what ways you saw kind of what has been done in the past and been like, this is not what I want to do. And then how has that affected what you are doing? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think when you're you know talking about fitness culture, yoga in particular, I mean, I love yoga, but I don't do it regularly, consistently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because it's really hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think there's a, a perception that a lot of it, um, you, you know, it requires a lot of physicality. It requires like, you kind of have to be in shape already, you know, it's not a way, and I don't think that's true, but I think that's kind of the perception. And sure. so, you know, for me, I think what's been important and not that this hasn't been emphasized in the past, but I'm really trying to emphasize it more is that, you know, this is something that, you can do at any age. You know, I've seen people do it. You can do it as a child. I've had participants, you know, in their 80s, like literally anybody. Um, and you can do it with any level of physicality. You know, I think one of the mantras I really like that I've taken from past um, teachers I've been with has been like the no new pain mantra. Because I mean, when you think about it, like, oh, you're just laughing. It can't be that hard. It's actually kind of takes a lot out of you when you do it that consistently. I mean, by the end of a a session I'm like sweating it's disgusting but like you know it's it's aerobic exercise I mean you're not on right. a treadmill but like you're you're engaging you're increasing your oxygen levels you're engaging your diaphragm uh you know you're walking you're running around it depends on the exercises you're doing but um I think this idea of no new pain is super important because it, it really isn't something you have to be super active to do you can choose to do that um but the thought is that you know it shouldn't you shouldn't leave feeling worse. I think that's right. the key. Is like I think a lot of times when you work out, you can leave feeling great. You know, your endorphins are going, but you could also be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm I hurt my foot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's super important to me. Is like I want you to be here. I want you to leave happier. Um, I 
you know, so if something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Like, it's right. not a big deal. Uh, it's really important to establish that it's a safe space. Like, you know, because a lot of it to, you know, not fitness related, a big part of it is, is kind of tapping into that inner child uh, to be a little cliche about it. Uh, you know, the exercises are, they're kind of goofball. You know, they're, that's why they feel so weird doing it as an adult is because like, we don't usually act like that anymore. Um, and so, you know, kind of establishing it as a safe space, you know, no judgment allows people, I think, to kind of let go a little bit. Um, but I don't want them to let go so far that they hurt themselves. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of a fine line. But it's kind of like do what you're comfortable with, but keep an open mind at the same time. I like the idea of like, instead of thinking from of it as like a really great workout, yeah. it's like it's like a workout for your, for like your mental health. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's like an emotional workout. Um, you know, you, you do leave feeling like you increased your oxygen levels, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, really what you've done is improve your outlook a little bit and, and let yourself, um, let go a little bit. And, and hopefully if you do it enough times, you kind of continue to carry that with you, even if you're not, you know, doing those exercises, you know, you have that feeling, um, so you can remember it the next day when, you know, something shitty is happening. Um, so yeah, so that's been really big for me. And then, yeah, I think, you know, in terms of destigmatizing a little bit, I think, you know, I've met some lovely people that have done it, um, have taught it, you know, they're great, but they tend to cater towards certain groups. So the, you know, certain coaches work with senior care specifically or work, um, you know, treat it more as therapy and work with, uh, you know, folks that are depressed or anxious. Um, I met woman, one woman that uh, works with veterans and does it. So there's a whole spectrum you can do it with, but my goal was really anybody and everybody. Um, and so I think part of that was finding specific spaces to do it in, um, you know, doing things like having a kind of up-to-date website, um, (laughs) having a Facebook group, like these are things that are kind of commonplace in our generation, but I think are not common sense to a lot of people and, and yeah. so you know that was my struggle when I was trying to find places was like they had a website oh it's two years out of date I don't even know if they still exist anymore right. so there's a lot of those kinds of barriers to entry too just by the nature of the people that were doing it didn't think about it you know maybe they had a group established and didn't care anymore it's you know but I really want it to be kind of a rolling thing where you know two three years down the road somebody new can pop up and, and discover it you know it's kind of my hope so well, and I, I think that speaks a lot to something that we talk about a lot with people is the idea of um, carving out your own audience. I think that we have a, I think that our generation has a knack for that in, a, in many ways for whatever reason. You know, I think, um, look, looking for a better word, I'm going to go with this one though. Industries past, like, you, you know, people that, the laughter yoga studios of 40 years ago <laughs> the, they they're like a lot of industries in the past like tapped into audiences that already exist would piggyback on other audiences but what i find with the people that are making now is that it's it's way more about going like okay, I want to int- kind of introduce people to, to my space, like to the space that I'm building, not necessarily take my space and put it on another thing. And I think that's, I don't know what it is about the world that we're living in, that that's, that that's a thing that we're finding a lot of. But what I'm interested in is, um, is has that, is that something that you've noticed? Like, does that, 
does that first off does that experience that i'm kind of speaking to make sense to you do you resonate with it and um do you think that being in this space where like how that independence of like not necessarily specializing what do you think are some of the benefits yeah so i've definitely i've I've noticed that um i think for me the biggest part of that is um it's encouraging people to do something they wouldn't normally do it's to get out of their comfort zone right um which you know means you can't just target one group that's naturally right uh you know gonna do it and so you know definitely i've seen that in my last session i had quite a few people come up to me and say i thought i was gonna hate this this was not normal for me um but I loved it. I'm going to come back. I had one woman who not only said she was coming back, but she said she was bringing groups of friends and she referred me to two other studios to, to, to partner with. So she was like very enthusiastic. It was lovely. Um, but, you know, I think that's the cool thing for me. And, and I think the, the main benefit of that is to see people try something new. Um, and, and the benefit to not specializing, you know, I think is it leaves you open to opportunity. The, the way I've kind of approached this is, I know I wanted to start with um, kind of a baseline free, well, donation-based club that's open to all. Donation-based only because the spaces I have to work with um, charge a little bit, you know. Sure. So that, but you know, it's really pay pay what you can. If it's zero dollars, great. If it's five, ten, great. Um, but the idea, I mean, that it's totally accessible, and you know, I wanted a couple initial partners to work with, and you know, for a few months, and to see where it goes, but. You know, I think the the benefit of not locking yourself into one group, into one location, is that you know if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, I have, I know this person, they would be a cool partner. Do you want to do it?" I can go, "Yeah, sure." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not off brand because I don't have a brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that's that's the biggest benefit to not specializing is is you don't you don't kind of carve out you know which opportunities are right for you. You kind of just try a little bit of everything until you figure out what works and what doesn't. And if something bombs, then it bombs. But, right. you know, what's really the downside? You know, nobody show up one day and, you know, you're out zero dollars. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's not, uh, there's not a huge downside to it from my experience. Wow. I'm interested in the origins of laughter yoga. Yeah. Um, so sure, it started uh, in the mid-90s, I believe, like 95-ish, um, in India, actually. So we're, <laughs> kind of makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad it didn't start in, like, Cleveland or yeah, something. Yeah, it started yeah. in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah, so uh, Sky Dr. Kataria, uh, who's out of India, and he still he still practices, uh, he leads groups. Um, but he is a, he's a practicing clinician, um, and... Uh, you know, kind of started doing some research on this one day, read a thought article about a guy that, you know, said that laughter really helped him through uh, a major disease he was dealing with and and kind of sparked his interest. So he started a group um, and initially it was joke based. So he like tried, you know, everybody bring a joke and then we'll laugh at it and it'll be great. Uh, But I think, you know, what quickly happened was that uh, people ran out of jokes. You know, they started, they stopped being able to come up with things to make them laugh. Um, so instead, they started just trying to laugh, uh, and that's kind of you know what it is today. It's it's not joke based. You're not like watching a funny clip and then laughing. It really is just 
we're going to laugh now. It's probably going to be fake. That's okay. Cause guess what? Your brain doesn't know the difference. <laughs> um, and that's the super cool part is, you know, part of the accessibility too, is that you don't have to have really have a sense of humor to do it. Um, which is kind of nice, but yeah. So, so he, he started it probably a decade, two decades ago, a little over. Um, and then it, it really just spread from there. I mean, it's, it's still kind of in its same form. Um, you know, it's, in something over like 70 countries across the world it's probably more now um you know with multiple laughter clubs within those countries most of them are free but a lot of teachers also do speaking engagements or workshops things like that um and the kind of cool thing about it is is it's really easy to personalize the the general format of it stays the same from club to club but the actual exercises themselves are really simplistic and you could totally make them up. <laughs> you know, it's things like, uh, oh, you're driving a car, so you need to start the engine and then you drive it around and you wave to your friends and you honk. And that's mm-hmm. it, except the noises you're making are laughter, right? Uh, and so you could literally do that with anything. Like, you guys could probably make up three on the spot right now. And so that's the cool thing is that what probably started as like a few exercises. Now you could find lists of like hundreds of different ones because everybody that picks it up just kind of adds their own. Uh, you know, I. This is a weird question. Um, I, I'm recognizing that as I'm forming it. The thing that's that's interesting to me about this is how novel it is. Like, and I, I feel like it shouldn't be for some reason, yeah. and that's why it's like it. It doesn't feel like this should be so uncharted in a way. Like you mentioned that it started with just a few exercises. Like, why? What? What is it that? I mean, because I think that in a lot of ways we are interested in finding ways to make ourselves laugh you know that's why comedy is but but even then like how long well i mean comedy's been around forever but you, <laughs> it's been around for a while <laughs> yeah yeah but i i guess um what i'm i'm really asking is like what do you think uh I don't think I have a question. No, I know I, exactly. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I the the question I have in that vein, just so that there's a question, is like, or at least what I'm curious about is like, I'm I'm curious kind of the link between yoga and laughing, like why it's called yoga. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, is that different from what you were thinking? It, it is, is, but, but I can answer both because yeah. I think I know what you're getting yeah. at too. So. The, the yoga connection is actually pretty simple. It's it's the fact that there is deep breathing. So in between oh. exercises, you there's like you just deep breathe, um, which is actually a big part of yoga. It's that called yogic so breathing. Nice. Uh, it's lovely. It's my favorite part. No, I was kidding. Um, <laughs> and then um, the meditation portion at the end. So the, the fact that you're kind of coming oh, back to that. yourself. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where the yoga part comes from. Uh, Are you sold? Well, I just think this is so... And I just Well, first off, I love the part at the end where you just kind of like have to sit in silence for a bit because it's so rare that you get that. Yeah. But, but it's interesting to hear because that's usually... The, the juxtaposition of, of that is what does it, you know, because yes. you do this all like intense stretching and you do intense breathing. And so to then meditate and be in a silent space and, and to exist in that space for a period of time, that juxtaposition. And so then to have the, that juxtaposition be... Laughter, I think that's so unique and powerful. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, yeah. What I've liked, um, and then I'll get back to your question. I, I, I found a guided meditation that I've been using that I really like that I had not done before. I hadn't seen it done. It's probably been done somewhere. But um, it 
it really connected back into that for me because I do, I really like that juxtaposition and, you know, you could easily just do like normal guided meditation, right? Like you're sinking into the sand and whatever. But um, the one that I've been doing that I really like is it's called smile meditation. Uh, so it's basically, it, it kind of, it, it redirects your thoughts to be putting an actual smile on your face. So kind of like that, if you've heard, you know, like, oh, if you wake up and smile for 10 seconds, your day will be better. It's that same concept, but then it also asks you to kind of, you know, back that up with thinking about something good that happened today or a loved one or a good memory. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I think it kind of, it helps bring it back because even though the laughter is intentional but doesn't have a cause necessarily, that does. It's intentional and it, it makes you think about the good stuff if in, your, in your life or think about the good that's coming. Um, so I really like how that kind of ties it back in and, and makes you refocus on yourself and not just the fact that you're, you know, you're, you're doing these exercises. It actually is tied to your well-being. Um, but to get to your point, I think the reason why it seems so commonplace and yet nobody thinks of it is because it, I think it's part of, you know, it's, it's as we become adults, especially, you know, I think we we forget what it's like to laugh without purpose, you know, or, or to laugh at just stupid stuff. Right. Right. Like, and, and this is what that is, right. It's laughing without purpose. And then it's laughing at laughing. And, (laughs) you know, it's, it's laughing when somebody does something goofy or strange. Um, but it doesn't really have like a, a, a cause. And I think that is, it's not something we think of as normal, but really it's not hard to do. Um, I think the cool thing is that, you know, you could start off not meaning it and then either you start meaning it because you're just having a good time or you never mean it. You could go through a whole session and just be going through the motions, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think that's why it was so weird to me too, because I got there. And I was like, this is basic. This is easy. Like I could pick this up in 30 seconds. You know, I just need to watch somebody do it and then I'll figure it out. But it's just, it's out of that realm of normalcy because we're used to having a trigger like we're mm-hmm. used to you know watching a youtube clip or reading a funny book you know and, and right. like it doesn't have that but yet what you know what's the difference uh, so this is amazing because i think the next kind of for whatever reason um i'm finding myself latching on to different trends of the last year of the podcast that we've been kind of readdressing from but things that we haven't talked about in a while and the one that i'm thinking of right now is the idea of what the work that you're doing uh what it means in this moment you know whether that be socially or politically or whatever however that whatever that means to you Mm -hmm. but um but kind of the the thing that really uh oh i just for because this this is very there's a way that this is relevant to what you were just saying and i just completely forgot what that was (laughs) but i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna remember it i'm gonna just ask you oh this is what it is um the thing that i think is really powerful about what you're saying and it reminds me of something that i find is that um you know with the way that we consume media now like so much of it is reactionary mm-hmm. and i think hearing that as like laughter uses a metaphor for that like that we have to like when we laugh it has to be in reaction to something it's a weirdly it i it I had not realized before how passive of an experience that that can be. And so what I think is what I think is novel about this is the fact that it is active. And I, I, I is that something that you've thought about before? And then if you also want to touch on the in this moment. thing, Yeah, no, I hadn't thought about it in specific relation to social media. But I think that's a great example. You know, it, 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 that's exactly what it is. And I think, 
you know, what's been nice for me personally and what I hope other people find out of it is it's an hour where you can, you know, put away your phone, put away your thoughts and just kind of be with each other. A really huge part of it is making eye contact with the other people around you, which Mm -hmm. again, I think that's something that people don't do as much as they think they do. Sure. Um, You know, they're they're not connecting with somebody on on kind of a non-verbal level. Um, And that's what this is. Like, I'm really the only one that talks (laughs) for the most part during the session. And that is really only to explain what is happening. Um, For the most part, I ask people to just kind of experience and like, you'll figure it out. Trust me. Um, So I think that that's, you know, I think that's a great example. And, And, you know, just in connection to the times, I think more and more it's becoming harder to find something to laugh about you know especially i mean social media is a great example where you go on it it's like downer after downer after downer important stuff important yeah like we should be oh for sure my poor my poor mental health my poor heart you know (laughs) that's what it is it's like that's super important i care about that but i can't like there are certain days where you just can't do only that and read only about that um, and I think that's why people turn to like stupid YouTube clips and things like that. It's not that, you know, that's why they exist kind of thing, but you know, it, it, and then I think lately people are also becoming more aware of mental health and, and reducing the stigma around it, which is great. And that's kind of my whole purpose is like, you know, this and in other stuff I do, my day job is at a behavioral health startup where we offer telepsychiatry, cool. teletherapy services. And so, you know, kind of. What I love is is being having the ability, even if it's only a small part, to kind of bring that awareness into people's lives and to, and to make you know it more accessible to get help. And, and you know, I I don't think laughter wellness, laughter yoga is is like a cure all. Uh, some people do subscribe to that theory that it can replace medication. I don't believe that. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a full supporter of medication, um, but I do think that you know it's important to do other things in your life, whether that's a diet change, whether that's, you know, picking up journaling, um, to work towards improving your mental health and, and finding that happiness day to day. And I think this is a really great way to do it. And it's been great for me. So, you know, in a time where it's becoming harder and harder to kind of carve out that time for yourself, that's really all I, you know, all I'm trying to offer is an opportunity for, for folks to kind of find an outlet um that you know isn't rooted in anything specific it's really just a come and be yourself <laughs> type mm-hmm. of deal so yeah. i'm interested in like how laughter yoga has helped because your role with with the behavioral help startup mm-hmm. are you one of the people on the phone no yeah so i'm i'm more headquarters so i gotcha yeah, getting our doctors live others with the clinics gotcha yeah i'm curious if there is kind of like you know in in the i'm I'm gonna ask a question and it's possible that you just entirely answered it but just in case i just want to be thorough (laughs) i i'm curious if there is space in the behavioral you know behavioral health realm for more of this kind of stuff. I mean, there is obviously the traditional methods work. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know, therapy sessions, psychiatry sessions, all of those like medication, all of that works. Is there like I guess I I mean, I I think there is room, but is there starting to be more room made for these alternative methods? Yeah. 
I think so. I mean, I am not a mental health professional, so I don't want to speak to it too much. But I do know there are therapists, for example, that incorporate laughter therapy uh, into their practice. So they're doing, you know, they're doing CBT, they're doing motivational therapy, but they're also doing, you know, laughter exercises with their patients. So it is being done today, whether whether there's more room being made for it and mm-hmm. whether more people are doing it, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's a little limited in the U.S. right now. I mean, there are people doing it for sure um, in, in a lot of states, but uh, I don't know how much that's reached the therapy community um, on a consistent level. Um, but, you know, I think in general, you know, kind of getting back to what you were saying earlier, I think what I've been feeling is people are looking for different different ways to do what they do or different ways, um, you know, to improve. So I think that's why you see more and more things like Reiki and yoga popping up. Um, cause I think people are looking for anything and everything to grab onto yeah. right now. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing it more and more, I think for that reason, I think people are looking for options, uh, more and more. And, and part of that is the times. And I think part of that is just access to the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, you know, as a patient, I'm able to explore my options more and, and go to my therapist and be like, you know, well, why aren't you doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that kind of stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it popping up more and more. I mean, people are doing it um, as trained therapists. I mean, I'm not doing it that way, but I, there are people that do it. So cool. It's a thing. <laughs> um, so I'm curious. So you've started like formally doing this like three months ago. Uh, or... not even. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, um, I've had one session. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, but it was really great. Um, so I started in June and then I have a couple lined up in July and August and then we're kind of going from there, but I think it'll be, you know, it's, we've had really great feedback so far. So, so pie in the sky, yeah. you know, having done this, you know, having done this one session, what, like, what are your hopes for what you can build in in Chicago with this practice. Yeah. So right now we're mostly based on the North Shore. So I have locations in Evanston because that's where I live uh, and Wilmette. Um, but, you know, kind of my immediate next step once I kind of you know, get my feet wet a little bit um, is, is to find a space in the actual city. So somewhere around here probably, um, you know, Lakeview or something. Um, just because I've had a lot of people be like, I would love to come. I'm not coming out to the suburbs. And I was like, I totally get that. Do not drive or take the train all the way out there. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of the the baby next step is to find that. But, you know, for me right now, I'm, I'm different. I'm exploring different modalities. So I know I always want to offer kind of a free donation based club, but I'm um, experimenting with others. I'm going to do a workshop. Um, model in August that's going to be a little bit more. It's not just you come and you do it. We'll also learn about you know more of the history and then and the thoughts behind it and then kind of how you take it back into your own life and, and do it on your own. Um, so exploring with a little bit more instructional ways too is you know trying to help people continue to do it versus just come and be with me and do it once. Um, so that's part of what I want to do too is explore different models and, and a lot of that is just you know seeing what opportunities come up uh long long term (laughs) there's a you know there's a vague vision um to have my own kind of mental health support space um and that you know would incorporate a lot of different kind of anxiety and stress reliever you know um activities so things like you know kind of laughter wellness as the base but you know you could imagine um 
uh, open mics or, you know, art therapy, music therapy, like, you know, just kind of a space where people could come and, you know, and experience different types of events that are all kind of focused around improving your day-to-day mental health. Um, so that's kind of the super long-term, uh, you know, pie in the sky goal. But for now, I'm just trying to, you know, do this. This is obviously a side gig for me uh, and not something I ever really plan to make money on um, necessarily. And so, you know, right now I'm just trying to get the word out as much as possible because, um, you know, that's goal number one is really to have people know what it is um, and, and to hopefully get something out of it. So right now that's kind of the focus is to, you know, try different types, different locations, see what's kind of working best, and then, you know, get the word out to as many people as possible uh, who, you know, will hopefully take it back into their day-to-day lives and, and get something out of it. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's huge. I think that like something that you said is sticking with me, the fact that you're like, yeah, I don't really plan on, I don't really like foresee making a bunch of money doing this. Like yeah. that's, refreshing to hear not not in that not to say that you obviously don't deserve to be paid for your for your work and your time and you know obviously everybody does but the fact that um there is kind of that altruistic lens to it i think is important and i think lends itself well to the act of it you know i think that going into going into a room being like all right everybody let's laugh together and also you know i'm lining my pockets is is like i don't know there's something a little i I feel like that is uh, because the other thing is like i and you know i i I don't want to speak to everybody's experiences but you know i uh the i always appreciate with the idea of pay what you can in sliding scale is that it's not like it's it's not free because what it is is at least there is some valuing of of time because it is important like the the fact of the matter is like these things cost money like more and more i'm kind of starting to realize that like there is there is a middle ground between gouging or trying to profit directly off of the people that you're trying to like help but also like keeping the lights on and and so it's always really refreshing to kind of like recognize that these spaces because especially like spaces like yoga based spaces are are very thoughtful of that because it it stems from this recognition of this is just beneficial to your life yeah exactly and i think that that to me is really important in in the sense that if the goal is to decrease barriers to improving your mental health don't make it cost a ton of money because yeah. that's a huge barrier to people. Um, so yeah, so any like donations I request, anything like that, that's the goal is to break even. Honestly, Absolutely. It's if, I, it, if you know, I have you know a couple spaces I've partnered with that you know the rent they charge is generously low because uh, they know I'm doing this you know for yeah. free basically, and so that is me just trying to break even. Uh, I have one amazing space I work with um, in Wilmette called the Well North Shore, and they're super cool. They're kind of like a co-working space but for health and wellness so they rent out yeah, no. <laughs> they rent out their space to like yoga studios um, massage therapists but also like meditation specialists and career coaches and they bring in mediums sometimes <laughs> like they have a whole eclectic group of people but they're all focused around the same goal which is mm-hmm. improving your wellness improving your life and so you know they were basically like we get that you're donation based we do have to keep the lights on like any donations you receive up to a certain point basically the rental fee like we'll keep those 
and then you're good. So it's kind of an amazing thing because technically I don't have to put anything down, but right. it's it's uncommon and it, it's just because it kind of fits into their model very well. But, you know, yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's any barriers are not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and financial is a huge barrier for a lot of people. I mean, right. even if it's five bucks, like five bucks, you know, twice a month is a lot for some people. Um, so trying to, you know, it, my... My ideal would be, right, I can find free spaces and then, you know, not even ask for donations. But that's just, you know, if, if the goal is to kind of avoid some of those spaces that can get a little stigmatized, that's just not the reality of it. So, well, and I, you know, um, one of the things that I think about a lot is because um, this really touches into this idea of uh, work that when especially when the people that are doing it recognize that it can be a service and like not to talk about ourselves but one of the things that like i really believe in is a free and independent and present press and, and journalism and that's like very much why we do what we do but um you know it the the more and more i think about it like that has looked like in the past where before digital publishing like people were buying newspapers and they were paying for the paper and so like that i that i think is a really um we've kind of entered in this space where uh there is both there is both a recognition of the people that are doing like service-based work like i like i i truly believe that people that that most practitioners of of like yoga-based services are are kind of living in this space um especially yours and I, i think that but i also think that like the way that we've kind of thought started to think about services has changed in a way that's that's like really damaging to the to the longevity of them i don't entirely like know what to say besides like i don't know like i'm not trying to like like be a downer towards the work that you're doing because i think that what i what i am saying is that i'm glad that like that the way that the system that you've set up is not a like this is completely free but it is a pay what you can because i think that you i think that you deserve that entirely and like the the only way that we're going to see these things the only way that we're going to see these things flourish is asking communities to to invest in them in some way even if if they can you know yeah yeah well i think yeah we all i've fallen into that trap for sure over time where i think because so much is free these days or so much is accessible get to that point where you expect everything to be free right you know like going to a show and you're like well why can't i get this for five dollars instead of ten or you know why do i even have to pay an entry fee this they're doing it in their living room and it's like well they're investing time and effort and resources and Mm -hmm. you know there is stuff that goes into it and i think it's a i agree in that like accessibility is one thing on the other hand you can't just expect everything to be free so you know I, I that's why i like the donation model um and it wasn't honestly something that had necessarily occurred to me right away it was suggested to me mm-hmm. and i love that because i you know it's yeah. like you either have to pay for it or you don't like there's no middle ground right. for class-based things or session-based things and that's not true like donation pace is totally legitimate so yeah um so yeah so i think it's it's the right model for now we'll see sure yeah yeah Oh, wow. Uh, we have a few minutes left. I actually didn't realize that. Um, the wow. last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Cool. Um, sometimes it's obvious, like letting people know where they can find out about your next sessions. Um, otherwise, we love hearing uh, any shout-outs to other folks that you think are doing dope work um, or any self-care things that you're consuming, positive or negative. Um, <laughs> that's a new little... Uh, music, TV shows, movies, books, stuff like that. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'll plug myself first because that's the easiest one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
so yeah, so I, I mean, I'll, I'll name the next couple, but I also, I have a website, it's evanstonlaughterwellness.com, that has all of our events on it and a little bit more about it, if you didn't understand what I said today. Uh, We also have a Facebook page under the same name, so that's always posted there. Uh, But we have uh, a couple events coming up in July and then a few in August. Um, The next one is July 18th um, in downtown Evanston, so right off the purple line for you city folks. Um, (laughs) But it's at Chiropractic First. It's uh, a really, really nice... um, chiropractic office that is basically a yoga studio like to clear the way the tables and it's gorgeous so uh so we'll be there and then we'll be back uh at the well north shore and we'll met uh on july 30th um yeah and then we have a bunch of others but i'm not going to bore you by listing them here <laughs> um so yeah so i think you know the facebook and and the website are the best places to check them out cool uh pretty good about keeping them updated usually um relatable yeah <laughs> Some days are easier than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of self-care, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. I feel like I don't do as much as I should, quite honestly, which I should not say because it's very against what I'm talking about. Um, but, you know, I think for me, uh, just having a long discussion with this about someone recently and... and um, it's nothing specific, but it's basically for me the idea that uh, if something seems remotely interesting to you, to do it at least once, you know, whether it's an event or or a class or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and I'm, I'm truly not plugging myself again here. I'm just saying in general, it's been a good, it's lately been really good for me, uh, I think health-wise and, and emotionally is just to to try new things and you either hate them or you don't. Um, and if you don't, then you have found a new outlet, hopefully, um, to direct your energy um, and, and to kind of leave you, leave you feeling more positive. Uh, I think that's been the biggest goal for me is to find activities and groups to work with that um, just kind of feed the soul a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and leave you feeling better at the end of the day. Uh, I work with an amazing group called Peer Health Exchange. They're a nonprofit, um, national, but also based here in Chicago. Um, and they're just a phenomenal group of people that are focused on, you know, bringing um, mental health awareness, substance abuse awareness, sexual health awareness, um, you know, all of that good stuff to high school students um, in the area. And so it's 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 always refreshing to to meet with a group like that and, and to be around kind of like-minded people that are you know very diverse but driven towards the same goal which is basically just to help people um and so you know that was something that i never would have found if i hadn't you know gone from a to b to c and, and tried a bunch of new stuff and met some cool people so um that's my long-winded way of saying <laughs> my biggest you know my biggest thing for myself and what i tell their people is you know if it if it piques your interest even a little bit, it's probably worth trying once, uh, and you don't know where it might lead. So, cool. That's my thing. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a very good one. Okay, um, good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G.com. We publish all of our articles and podcasts there. Uh, The most recent of which was a feature that I did. I finally got around to doing of um, Zach Harris of Birds and Kings Creative Enterprises, the uh, graphic designer who did our new branding back in December and helped us design the website and just an all-around rad human. you know, I, I wrote, uh, we had interviewed him, when was that? Like a, a year I, and a half ago. I think it was like late February. 
2017. Yeah, and we we talked a bunch about. Um, have you heard of uh, Five Rabbit Brewery? No, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chinga Tupelo beer. Do you know I that one? I haven't had it. No. But the design of it, he actually made that design. Oh, cool. yeah. And um, we talked to him a bit about that, and we talked a little bit about like graphic design and. Uh, anyway, so check it out. Um, Rad Human, really excited to finally have got around to kind of like unpack and, and listen back to that interview from like a year, a year and, and a half, half ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, you can keep up with us on social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. And we also have a sounding... What am I saying? We have a Facebook group called Sounding Board that we love and adore, um, where it's just a, a group of people that have been on the show friends of ours audience uh that listen um and we talk about local arts local politics people have had on we've had on and just general what's going on um it's super fun it's super rad check it out if you can't find it shoot either maureen or i a personal message or um the facebook page uh otherwise you can keep on you can find us on instagram twitter and tumblr under scopy mag spelled the same way as the website you can also find the podcast the one that you're listening to right now scopy radio under all podcast places uh, including iTunes, Radio Public, and Google Play under Scappy Radio. And I'm here to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first is to sign up for email blasts. This will let you know every time we post something. This is huge because even though we post across social media platforms, Facebook buries our content, so um, if you want to see 100% of what we're posting, and not just 30% of it, I suggest that you sign up for those email blasts. The other way is that you can become a member. For as little as $5 a month, you can help us keep our lights on and pay our fucking artists. So uh, if you are interested in doing that, please feel free to do so. It means literally everything to us. Uh, Also, if you're interested in advertising opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.